what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Paul had his focus on the law and it agitated the sin nature that was in his life. And although it had been bound up by the Holy Spirit, shut off as good as dead, the moment he focused on that law, the sin nature got agitated and it revived. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles this morning. Turn with me please to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Move down if you will to verse 7. Romans 7 and verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had said thou shalt not covet. But the sin nature taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, the sin nature revived and I died. Move down, if you will, to verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not, or I understand not. For what I would, that do I not, but what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but the sin nature that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. And we want to continue today with what we started last week, the question, why do I keep failing God? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this honor and this privilege of being able to stand before your people today. And Lord, I ask for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon this service. Lord, anoint me to preach your word to Deliver this of which I believe you have given unto me. Lord, anoint your people to hear it, to receive it. Lord, I pray today that questions will be answered. I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice today will be edified. In Jesus' name, I do humbly pray and ask, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. Some time ago, a teacher who was a Christian, the sheriff's department walked up, to her door and arrested her on three counts of taking indecent liberties with a minor. And once it hit the news, it went viral on social media. People were saying all kind of things. Christian people were saying all kind of things. And let me tell you this today. 
When a fellow brother or sister in the Lord fails in some way, and it becomes public knowledge, you better be careful what you say and how you treat that individual. Jesus said, the same measure that you mete out to others, it will be measured back to you. If you measure judgment, and you measure hate, God will see to it that the same thing gets measured to you when your time comes around. If you measure grace during the failure of someone else. God will see to it that grace is measured to you when your time comes around. Well, Brother James, I ain't never going to get... Sin is a deadly thing. Sin is a very destructive thing, and every single one of us have it. Every single one of us have that sin nature. And, and if we do not address it properly according to the word of God it will destroy your family it will destroy you it will destroy a church we know of churches right now that's got busted up torn all to pieces have, have locked up its doors because of sin the teacher of which I have just mentioned to you her career is ruined she'll never again be able to stand in front of a group of students and teach, although she went to school for years to learn the trade, but now she'll never be able to stand before students again because of sin. Romans chapter 7 is the story of a preacher who was failing God, not just one time, but over and over again. And Romans chapter 7 is one of spiritual failure. It gives us the reason as to why so many Christians fail God. Let me tell you this. You better thank God today that what you're struggling with has not been made public knowledge. Brother James, I ain't gotten that well. Thou shalt not bear false witness. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves a lot more than we do to others. None of us are exempt from Romans chapter 7. All of us, in some way, will go through Romans chapter 7. But here's the thing. You do not have to stay in Romans chapter 7. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? And Jesus said, 70 times 7. And if God has required that of us to forgive our brother, how many times, how much more will God forgive us when we sin? And we ask Him to forgive us. But I want you to understand this today. Sinning and repenting 
is not the more abundant life that Jesus Christ paid such a price for us to have. You do not have to stay in Romans chapter 7. It is God's will for you to be living in Romans chapter 8. Where the Spirit of God is moving in your life. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. You can live by the power of the Holy Spirit. A victorious overcoming Christian Life, the more abundant life of which Jesus paid such a price for you to have. But understand this, we all have to go through in some way Romans chapter 7. Paul had a problem with the tenth commandment. Thou shalt not covet. He had a desire in his heart for something that somebody else had. And no matter how hard he tried, no matter how much he used his willpower to try to overcome and to meet the demands of that commandment, thou shalt not covet. When a person fails the Lord, the emotions that are associated with that, the condemnation... It's so bad. The Apostle Paul likened it to something that the Egyptians used to do back in their history. When they would take a criminal and they would bind that criminal to a corpse. And the one who was condemned being bound to that corpse, knew that if they didn't get away from it, it was going to kill them. They were condemned. Condemnation is not an emotion. It is a state. There are some right now in the prison system who are condemned to die in the electric chair. And you can imagine the emotions that come, go along with that as the time draws near. And I watched the emotions of a man some time ago as the state of Tennessee abolished the death penalty. He was scheduled the next morning to be executed. And Dan rather walked into the cell with a news crew and the warden stood there. And said, sir, your sentence has been commuted from death to life. And that man stood there in the cell with his shoulders shaking, tears streaming down his cheeks, thanking God. Condemnation, it is a state. Knowing what is going to happen to you. There's some of you listening to me right now. You know that if you don't get victory over that particular thing in your life, it's just a matter of time before it catches up with you. Sir, it's just a matter of time before your wife finds out what you're doing. 
And you know that if you don't get victory over that thing, it's going to wreck your family. It's going to destroy your business. It's going to destroy your church. The condemnation that is associated with failing God. Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Why? Why does God allow us to go through Romans chapter 7? Why is it that it's not enough for us to just read it here in the Scriptures, but why do we have to experience it at such a level? It's not merely enough for us to read it and study it in God's Word. We have to physically go through some things in order to learn the lesson that God wants us to learn. The lessons you learn the hard way are the lessons that stick. All of us is hard-headed. And for me to stand up here and tell you something, that's one thing. But when we experience it firsthand, it sticks. God would use this situation in Paul's life. And Paul would seek the Lord. He didn't understand why he was failing. He loved God, saved on that road to Damascus, filled with the Spirit just a few days later. He was trying to live for God the only way he knew how, being raised a Pharisee, sitting under the feet of Gamaliel, one of the, the most educated Jewish scholars of that day. And he tried to live for God the only way he knew how, which was through and by the commandments. Everybody out here in the world, if you ask them, they will tell you whether it's right or wrong. They will give you some answer as to how a Christian should be ordering their behavior how a Christian should be acting. And let me say this, sometimes I think the world has a little better idea of how a Christian should be acting than the Christian folk do. But everybody has some idea, they have a standard in their mind of what a Christian should be, what a Christian should be doing. And when they get saved... They set out to try to live up to that standard, whether it be according to the Word of God or not. And Paul was trying to live up to the standard of which he had always been taught. The commandments. And now that I'm saved, now that I'm filled with the Spirit, I can keep these Ten Commandments of God. I can please God. When he got to the 10th commandment, he was failing God repeatedly. Let's look at it. Romans 7 verse 8. But sin, the sin nature, taking occasion by the commandment, 
When Paul got saved, the Holy Spirit came into his heart, bound up the sin nature, rendered it ineffective. It was as good as dead. But he said the sin nature took occasion by the commandment. The commandments of God... God gave them to identify what sin was. God also gave the commandments to identify the sin nature in the heart of man. If there is sin in your life, the Ten Commandments will find it. And every one of us have that sin nature. And if you look at the law, if you focus on the law, it's like looking in a mirror. It will point out the flaws. It will point out the sin nature that is in you. And Paul had his focus on the law and it agitated the sin nature that was in his life. And although it had been bound up by the Holy Spirit, shut off as good as dead, the moment he focused on that law, the sin nature got agitated and it revived. He said, for without the law, the sin nature was dead. But it took occasion by the commandment. Look at verse 9. I was alive without the law once. Paul is telling us that the law had absolutely nothing to do with his salvation. Nothing. It also speaks of those hours or days right after he was saved when, when this newness of life was just taking hold and he was experiencing salvation right to start with. But when the commandment came, Romans 7 verse 9, when the commandment came, when I took my eyes off of Christ and what He did for me at the cross, and I began to focus on the commandments, when I began to focus on that standard of which I thought I had to live up to, what did He say? The sin nature revived and I died. The sin nature can have a revival in your life. And as I've said, the sin nature is a deadly thing. It works death in us from the time we're born till it takes us out. Look at verse 8. He said, it wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. That's the sin nature working. That's the sin nature carrying out one sinful act right after the other. If you're listening to me today, and you keep failing God, and you don't know why. Why do I keep failing God? Let me ask you this. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on Christ and what He did? Or are you focusing on yourself? You see, the law demands obedience. The flesh has to obey. But this flesh, being what it is, it's been so weakened because of the fall. And the law is spiritual. Paul would, would talk about that there in verse 14. He said, the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. I'm flesh sold under sin. The flesh has been so weakened because of what Adam did in that garden so long ago. The flesh cannot perform that which is spiritual. 
Only the Holy Spirit can do that which is spiritual. But the Holy Spirit will only work within the confines of the finished work of Jesus Christ. As we focus on Christ and what He did for us at the cross, then the Holy Spirit can work in our lives. And the failures will become less and less. But if we focus on the law, that law is going to agitate the sin nature. And you're going to find yourself doing the very thing you don't want to do. Paul said, the the thing I hate, that's what I find myself doing. The will is present with me, but how to perform that, which is good, I find not. Does that describe you? You're trying with every ounce of strength that you have only to keep failing God repeatedly. And you don't know why. The reason you're failing God is because your focus is not where it ought to be. You've allowed your focus to shift from Christ and what He's done to self and what self can do. From the time we're born, growing on up, we're taught to feed ourselves, clothe ourselves. The older we get, the more self-dependent we become. And when we get saved, we drag what we learn out here in the world and what we've always known. We try to drag it into our living for God and we try to live for God through and by the means of self-effort. Our own strength, ability. That's what the law requires. The law requires obedience, but it's all up to you and your personal strength and ability to obey. And that sin nature gets agitated. And it comes back to life. And you find yourself in this predicament. Instead of the problem getting better, it's getting worse. Why does God allow us to go through this? Because we're hard-headed. Because there's some things that can't be learned by merely reading it. We have to experience it Paul had to experience it to come to this place right here Romans 7 verse 18 for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing look at that I know That in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. It is a place that every single one of us have to come to. To where we realize that in this flesh dwelleth no good thing. But we depend too much on the flesh and the flesh has to die that's why Jesus said if you're going to come after me 
You're going to have to take up the cross daily and follow me. We have no idea what the cross means today. To a lot of people, the cross is just a piece of jewelry that hangs around the neck. It's an emblem on a t-shirt. When Jesus uttered those words, the disciples knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. Crucifixions was carried out around them constantly. And when a man took up a cross, he was not coming back. When a man took up a cross, that cross was going to destroy him totally. There was no coming down until it had completely destroyed the individual. And Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you're going to have to take up the cross. Take up his cross. Take up the benefits of what Jesus did. Jesus suffered and died and paid a horrible price that we might be saved. And our living for God does not depend so much on what we do as it depends on what Jesus did. Our part is to keep our faith anchored in that finished work. For the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.